This podcast is powered by The Plug. Let's get a toast in. Who's, who's leading the toast? Um, I'd like to make a toast to honest conversations, real conversations, but respectful conversations. Cheers. Like it, Cheers. Assholes. This is the Watch Podcast, Everyday Guys Doing Shit. Once again, I got my guys in here again. How we doing, fellas? What's up, man? I'm real good. You doing all right? Yep. Jonel, what you pouring over there? Uh, I am pouring some water right now because I am on a strict no alcohol diet you during the week. Water. <laughs> <laughs> I need to explain yeah, everything. Yeah. I just want everybody story. to understand. I understand we should be drinking right now, but I'm keeping my... Slim and trim going on. Just said, oh, I got me a little something over here, and we could have moved on. We didn't. I, make I would like the audience to know. <laughs> they don't care. What's going here on with go. you, man? Shit, man, just living. About to start this basketball season back up, so that's about to. Oh, be. y'all had a little break, huh? Yeah, I let the girls breathe a little bit. <laughs> they about to soft. Be, they about soft. to be mad when we go back next week, though. But and we about to go up a division, so. Are they scared? I am. <laughs> 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 I'm B100, so. He started the season. Y'all got like 10 wrong. seasons a year, don't you? I mean, it's all year, but we, yeah. sixth graders, though, <coughs> we about to play seventh grade. Ah. And my daughter and this other girl's fifth grade, so it's about to be a little rude awakening, probably. Put your big girl you pants growth. on. Hey, it's time yeah. to go, man. It's time for growth. Fuck that shit, let's get it. <laughs> all right, y'all, this one, we're going to do it a little different. We got a special guest. You know, we, we, we've always had an internal opinion throughout this whole pod. And you know, I thought maybe it'd be good to get something different, get a different voice in there. So to my right, I want y'all to introduce YOLO. That man right here is a non-binary award-winning writer. He's a healing justice worker and then does yoga. He is the founder and executive director of Beam, Black Emotional Mental Health Collective. Tell us a little bit more about it, man. Man, talk about Beam. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. I'm excited to be here to be in conversation. You know, um, Beam is essentially we're a nonprofit organization. We do three different things. One is training. We basically train folks, coaches, teachers, activists, barbers, stylists on how to respond to mental health in Black communities. And so we recognize that in our communities that it ain't often a social worker or the therapist is on the front lines. It's often the teachers, the parents, the, the coaches. They're often on the front lines. So we give them skills to be able to support folks, but also be able to help them get into care if they need care, right? So we do that. We also do grant making, giving out a lot of money and resources. Um, like we have our Black Parent Support Fund. We gave out money to black fathers, 50 black fathers this last Father's Day, $300, just to giving out to folks because we recognize money is also a healer, mm-hmm. and also economic anxiety is real. So that's something a little bit about what we do. Man. <laughs> Man that that last one. <laughs> <laughs> no bullshit. There you go, coach. Hey, I, yeah. As soon as he said it, like, shit, he's telling the truth because parents are there, but we deal with a little bit more mm-hmm. than, you know, they do because kids might not want to speak so much to their kids or just opening up. Mm. And I get what he's saying. Like, somebody needs to tell me, like, dude, calm down, mm-hmm. breathe. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I definitely get that. And we had a conversation before about being a coach. Like, there's stuff that 
your kids will tell you that they won't tell their parents. Absolutely. And you're uh, usually, like Yolo was saying, the first line of defense or the first person they can go to. So it's, it's big to be able to have that yeah. uh, resource coming from being. And you also, you're all going to clock it oftentimes, sometimes for the parents' will, right? Like if you had, you, had, you had sports games with them, you're like training with them. So you're going to see certain parts of them that their parents aren't going to see when they come at home. And so you're like, wait a second, I'm noticing like a change in their behavior. I'm noticing a little erratic or whatever's going on. <laughs> Like we feel like if more coaches and teachers have the ability to be able to clock that and there's some resources to connect them to, that that can like prevent a lot of like crisis we see happening in a lot of schools, right? You know what I mean? So it's really important for it to be what we call, we try to build up the whole village. Like it's important, of course, to have social workers and therapists, but all of us need to have something in our tool belt so we know how to be like, oh, let me, let me, let me figure out what this is, let me support someone, even if it's limited, of course, compared to like a social worker or a therapist. Spell that for me so I can get on that. I want what to get it out it? there, would it? What is yeah, the, the organ? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, so it's like Beam, like a ray of light, and it's Black Emotional and Mental Health Collective. B E A M. B E A M. M? M. Beam, like a light beam. Exactly. Shine bright. Okay, it was there. But all jokes aside, I think he brought up a good point about kids going to their parents and how to act in certain situations, which brings me to what I wanted to talk about today with male. Being learning how to be a black young black male growing up in this world, how to be yourselves, whether it be in in work, in school, and on football field, on the basketball field, and things like that, and you know us all being young black men, some of us older than others. You older than me? I don't know who you're talking about. But shit. <laughs> Didn't want to put nobody out there. <laughs> Just say it. But no, growing up being a black man in this world is different all aspects of life and I think that's great that we have our guest Yolo here because he has a way of talking to the kids and the youth and the males and all type of things on some of the stuff that you know we have to have to deal with so Jamel if I ask you about your opinion on black masculinity how would you respond to that I I mean that's a big question I think that black masculinity has a very strong place in American culture um, I think uh, a lot of people are afraid of it. Um, historically, that's been proven right. Well, well, afraid of it? Of black masculinity, absolutely. Why, before you go deeper? Because um, <laughs> white people have been scared of niggas for a long <laughs> time. I asked Jerome. I'm not going to get on my activist soapbox right now. Um, but I also think that there is... Uh, toxic masculinity and that that's still true especially in the black community and it's kind of what we're talking about here today mm -hmm. but um, I, don't, I don't know man I think it's good to have open and honest conversations like I said during the, the toast mm -hmm. to make sure that uh, we're not leaving anybody out of the conversation and so that's why I think it's good with Yolo being here with open and honest conversations that's one thing I think we lose growing up, and I think mainly in young black males, you get put into a box mm -hmm. that you can't say this and you can't say that. Mm -hmm. So like Dre, you got a young black kid that you're gonna mm -hmm. be raising, what do you think? Man, that, so that term black masculinity is, I wanna kinda touch on what you said, Jay, is white folks fear black masculinity. I see they, I, I see they fear black empowerment. Mm. Uh, as far as what masculinity is, that can really, change on, on your on your social group mm -hmm. or where you come from. So let's speak in this terms of black males in America, right? I think we've been forced into, you know, a role as I guess as as head of the families and and to protect our families 
historically, then that, that's been attacked. So how I want to raise my kid is, one, teach them the history, the whole history, mm-hmm. teach them the way things were, teach them the way things are, but I also want to go deeper into why things are the, why things are right. that the way they are. So it's, it's, it's tricky to, we live in a world of, of gray and everything's nuanced to, I want to provide him with tools to navigate society and to navigate situations he might find himself in. Mm-hmm. Got it. So with you, you have a young black son growing up in a house full of women. How different will that be for you? I mean, it's different every day mm-hmm. because, you know, him being a young black man and, and that house full of women, the tendencies he sees every day, he's going to sometime live by them. Not so much like that, but he, believe me, I've, I've been asked, like, why can't I play with dolls? Okay. But I'm not saying you can't. Just make sure you know what, how you're playing with the doll, like, type of shit like that, instead of just, don't just grab it and just do what your sister's doing with it. It's a different aspect of how you're going to play with the doll and how she's going to play with the doll. Mm-hmm. Like, dress it up. That's cool and all that if y'all playing house because that's all I hear all day long is house. Like, who's the mom? Who's the dad? So, you know what I'm saying? As long as I think if I just let him know just be him, no matter what, mm-hmm. nothing's... I don't see nothing wrong with how everyone else sees it, but right. in my house, it's crazy because I it, there's times when I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like, you're crying about that? Right. Mm-hmm. But then you don't want to be like, you say a name and then he's like... Well, that's what I am now, cause he runs with shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's a crybaby or a sis. He's gonna he's gonna say it mm-hmm. all, a lot. Like, she called me that. Am I? Right. Like, no. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you kind of break it down on what it is and how to be. But in the long run, he's gonna t- determine what he wants and how he's gonna live his life. No matter what, I can only guide him in certain ways. So yellow, like what we I like to do normally is like I'll, I'll usually bring up something and I'll go around the table because like in a sense I feel like I'm learning because I'm not married, I don't have kids, I don't have the certain lifestyle that they live, and I'm usually asking like, hey, tell me about this, tell me about this, what would you do in this situation? So you got a good brief view of some of the values and views that they have. What do you think? When I think about masculinity, like what masculinity is. It's a set of ideas and beliefs and behaviors that we associate with men, but aren't always just about men, right? Mm -hmm. And those ideas, beliefs, and behaviors um, look really common across many cultures, right? Sometimes they're connected to, one, the idea that to be masculine is to be uh, (coughs) sparse in your emotionality, Mm -hmm. right? Um, One is to be rigid in your body movement, you know, you're stoic. Right. Another one is to be an uh, economic provider or to be in charge and authority, right, to dominate. Um, and those are the qualities that I see connected to masculinity across cultures, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I, when I think about black masculinity, you have those qualities also kind of shaped and formed by white supremacy and racism, right? How white people imagined us and, and taught us we were. And then, like, you know, the ways in which that gets... Um, how do I say, uh, exaggerated or just kind of distorted by white supremacy, right? Like, you know, it dehumanizes us in a certain sense. So I think about those uh, ideas, beliefs, and behaviors that shape who we are, you know, that shape how we are, how we're even socialized. Think about like, when you're born as a black man or perceived to be a black man or child in this country, 
you very early on get the message, um, thinking about it from a mental health perspective, you have to shut, shut down and cut off your emotions, right? Cut down your feelings, right? I often tell a story about my godson Dante, who's now in college, and I'll never forget, um, he was learning how to walk, he fell from learning how to walk, and I picked him up and he was crying. Like he was like, this is a little baby, right, Tyler? And his dad comes in out of nowhere, grabs him and says, he's gonna be a punk. Put, <laughs> put him down, put him down, right? Like you gotta let, let him cry. And you know, it's, I'm thinking like, he don't even know how to walk yet, he gotta learn how to be a man. He's talking about, like, he gotta be a man. Like, like he can't even walk yet, he can't poop in a pamper. Yeah. You know what I mean, what's going on that like it starts so early? But if he was a little girl, and I did that, there would there would have never been any kind of like conversation about me comforting the little girl, right? right. It would have been okay. And so I think about how that starts really early with, with us. Mm-hmm. But the consequences of that is, you know, you're taught to shut off your feelings and your emotions. Mm-hmm. And then you're growing up in a society that is hostile towards you, mm-hmm. that is racist, that is, uh, that is homophobic, that is all these things, right? Where do you, where do you, how do you express that? How do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. When you're now, you now you're 35, you're 50 years old, and all your life it was called to shut it down, swallow it mm-hmm. from when you were a baby. And now the only, and the only emotions you were told to have, which I say with many masculine spaces, is like you can be angry or horny, anything else is suspect. <laughs> <laughs> right? right, right, and so then we wonder why so many black men, when we look at like depression when we look at anxiety, when we look at suicide rates, because black men are still human. They need the whole, we need the whole range of your emotions, but the world has taught us you don't get the full range. It's not okay. And we've also been taught to fear the range in ourselves, right? You know? It all builds up. Right. That's when you explode. Yeah, you get legacy. Go ahead, Drag. So it gets, where I kind of see that is, again, the why, right? So why were we taught not to be emotional. What was the consequence mm. if we were emotional? Mm. You get fucked up or you die. Right. Right? So it's got things kind of like a, a survival tactic. Like mm. you want to stay alive, shut the fuck up. Just Don't cry because there's consequences with that. So then, then you have this paradox is, well, we know that's mm-hmm. wrong. We know it's traumatic. Right. So we got to break that down. But then if you break down black masculinity, mm-hmm. Now you're attacking black masculinity. <laughs> I love I love that you brought in the piece about like that it is about protective, right? So when like so I would say when Dante's godson, Dante's father Keith came in and pulled him out, like people might go like, oh that's homophobic and all this stuff. We can hold that conversation. I'm gonna put that aside for a minute. I want to also hold that Keith felt like he is protecting his son. Mm-hmm. preparing him for a hostile world yeah, yeah, yeah. where he will constantly get attacked, berated, dismissed, and belittled. Right. And, his, and his understanding of how to cope with that, the only way he knows how to cope with that is to shut the emotional side down. Now, what we have to do as we kind of grow and we're evolving is understanding that a way to help our young people learn how to cope with that is not to shut it down, but to learn how to breathe into it and move around and expand it, to feel it and to not let it be, uh, to not let it, uh, be the all of what you are, you know what I mean? And that's new, because our parents, our generation, they come from generations, it's about survival. Right. Right. And so I think that's so important to lift yeah, up. Yeah, I think that you said it right there. So like, for example, for me, I was raised by a woman. So I think in her case, I'm raising a boy, I need to raise him and be a man. So like, 
stop crying, all those mm -hmm. things, so that conversation mm -hmm. comes up because mm -hmm. I think she's like, I gotta teach him how to be a man. And then if I, let's say I was raised by, uh, with a father, I think his was like, you're gonna be a man, you're gonna be my, you know, like he said, this brute mm -hmm. stole it, like I gotta be like this all the time. It's just what you need to know because our parents, hey, men had to be like strong, mm -hmm. all they went through all that, you know, they, the, the butt in of like the racism part mm -hmm. in the 60s and stuff like that because they grew up in that, so that's all they know is the white man's gonna hate you, the yep. world's gonna be hard, yep. you need to be this and you need to be that. And the women's like, well, I'm a single mom, so I have to figure out how to make my boy a man. Mm -hmm. So I got to do everything manly that I see on TV. And they forget, well, you still got a kid there that's being influenced about things around the world. They got things inside that they want to deal with that they don't know if they can talk to. Because if my dad says, sees that I'm being too less manly, I'm going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. My mom sees that. What are you crying for? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get in trouble. So then they start following up. Mm -hmm. And I think it started getting to a place where Yellow start, he wanted to put to a side, but it goes into a sexuality thing. Like, mm -hmm. as you start to grow, you get taught by parents, society, or wherever it may be, I need to be like this. Mm -hmm. And then that opens up a whole conversation where we can roll into next, where... I want you to get back into your bag, what you was about to get into, where you pushed to the side. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to I wanna hear, you know, coming from a therapeutic role and, and things like that, how would you address a kid growing up in a household he does he or she doesn't know how to say, no, I don't like that. Mm. You're talking I, about sexuality. Sexuality, mm -hmm. and I don't agree with this way. So my, my mm. dad's teaching me, for example, his, his son has grown up in a house for all women. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's all he sees, that's all mm -hmm. he knows. He might feel one thing, but he sees another. Mm -hmm. There's that confusion. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think it's important to name that all of us at this table, all of us who have been, who are born black men in this country, who are perceived to be black men, have all been taught that one of the most despicable and undesirable things you can be is to be gay. Like and that is and that is what black gay men struggle with, mm -hmm. and it shows up in relationships with, and that's what black straight men struggle with in terms of like people always talking about well why are these guys always like at least I ain't no faggot at least I ain't this etc because all your life you've been taught that is the most disgusting and unfortunate thing to be, and so that in of itself kind of meets this place where as human beings people have a whole range of sexual desires pulls and expressions but you've been taught this message that you are less than you get it not only from um, you know community you might get it from religious institutions as well and so in that moment you you're, all these systems create this distress and this violence right it creates the violence where I'm walking on the street and a black straight brother sees me and what I represent is everything that you've been so like you see me I represent everything you've been taught to be down in yourself and so your reaction to me is that you want to beat me down because maybe I'm wearing makeup because maybe I look feminine because you were taught that is not acceptable and so then when we think about about homophobic transphobic violence we're talking about the trigger mm -hmm. I'm gonna do to you what was done to me when I picked up the Barbie doll right. I'm gonna do it to you what was done to me when I had my limp wrist mm -hmm. right it's a it's a pattern of trauma mm -hmm. that continues right something that was taught like you said exactly when I see something oh shit my mom told me or my dad told me or my pastor told me that's wrong mm -hmm. all right attack yeah. attack attack and that's like it's it's a uh, I want to know why like why is it that that is the direction that you're taught, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know as a, well, I don't know it, but as a father, I'm pretty sure you want your son to be something 
you know, that you've been taught mm -hmm. of what is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. But when the kid starts to veer off mm -hmm. on what you didn't expect, shouldn't there be that? more of a, well, help me understand why. Mm -hmm. But before we go get that deep into it, Jamel, you, you have to deal with a million black kids every day. Mm -hmm. Have you ever come across these things? Uh, I I come across things like this all the time. Uh, transgender kids, kids who are non-binary, kids who uh, are gay or, or queer is the word I should be using. Um, and for me, I there is a big, there is a rash of people not feeling welcomed. And then that leads to, honestly, suicide. Mm -hmm. And for me, I would be devastated if any one of my kids killed themselves because they didn't feel comfortable. So my biggest thing I tell people all the time, I don't care how, I shouldn't say I don't care, but I don't care how you identify, I don't care if you want to change your name, if you change your pronouns, whatever you do, I want to still be accepting for you because I, my biggest thing is that I want you to feel comfortable around me because there's a lot of spaces that you don't feel comfortable in. And Yolo and I have had this conversation where like he was just saying like, we were taught from the very beginning, the worst thing that you can be is gay. So if, you, if that is true at home, true at the barbershop, true at school, how is that kid supposed to feel when they go anywhere? Like they're still, they might be questioning their identity and, where, and then shit, I just gotta go get a haircut. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of faggots on the corner. How the fuck are you supposed to deal with that, right? right. So when you come to school, you know Mr. Austin is always gonna be the one like, I can at least, I know I feel comfortable with that. And that's the biggest thing for me. You know, it's powerful because the um, Trevor Project, which is a nonprofit organization, did a research study on black, um, black and LGBTQ kids. And they showed that, um, I'm going to quote the statistic, I'm going to try to quote it correctly, but essentially what it was reporting is that um, LGBTQ kids who had one affirming adult in their life, they had like 80% like less likelihood of suicidality, right? Mm -hmm. So you're talking about like just one adult in my life who says it's okay for me to be who I am dramatically reduces the likelihood of me committing suicide. And all it takes is they have one place. And all it and takes I, is to have I, one. I mean, I know how to. <laughs> I might not use the right pronouns, I might not say the right thing or whatever, yeah. but I know that it's like, hey, I just want to make sure that you feel cool here. Yeah. Like, and that's one thing, like, to say, don't know you use the right pronouns, how to navigate in that space as it's coming more and more in a mainstream society is some folks, it's uncomfortable to learn something new, especially, <laughs> Absolutely. you know, like I said, we, 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 we old, we, we're set in our ways, we ain't like, old man 67 other ways, but <laughs> still, like, something new, like, God damn, I gotta learn yeah. how to approach this person, how to talk to this yeah. person, it's not gonna be the same as that. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot for someone to change the way they are, mm -hmm. but also I think even more, if we've been all been taught, and most for the most part, hatred is taught, right? If mm -hmm. we've all been taught this way, yeah. it takes a big person to be able to accept, accept. a challenge mm -hmm. to their way of thinking. Absolutely. And see, with that one, I want to. I'm gonna put it on both sides too, because I think it takes a big man, big woman, big person to accept this is going to be different. But on the other end, it takes hey, this is how I like this now. This mm -hmm. is where I am now. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot then in both ends to just attack mm -hmm. and teach because I think we don't teach anyone from a difference so like if a white man came up to me making comments or things like that I could just fire off motherfucker who you talking to don't call me this and I prefer it that I'd way be like <laughs> <laughs> I could just be like yo it's this don't do this don't do this if you go into this type of environment you, it's dangerous yep. please don't be that way yep. and I think there's not enough communication on, on all across the board I think mm -hmm. there's just this first reaction to attack. Mm -hmm. And like, I think in today's society, a lot's changing. And I think we need to give all parties the time to learn and grow. 
And then, you know, there's going to be a point when some people are going to be like, fuck it. But I think, my bad, but when you're talking about the attacking part, like, how would I know how to speak to someone? That's like, the, to my kids. That's the so, conversation. So all I know how to do is attack. I don't know how to be like, well, i seen how they did it, and, you know, this is how you, maybe you should look at other, you know, expectations about yourself or about others mm -hmm. but that attack it's easier to do and it's what you know so we all know it's just attack like i don't like that person why because you see how they dress mm -hmm. it's, it's something that you could just agree with you're never mm -hmm. going to be like damn that motherfucker look nice you, you know what i mean? because right. even if i say and you know me like <laughs> i'll say like dude you look, yeah nigga, where you going you look kind of nice yeah no yeah. homo though yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. but that's just something that we're built around yes. saying mm -hmm. it's it doesn't have no harmful right. but it's just like right. if i don't say it that motherfucker might be like, like come on yeah. in you know what <laughs> i mean but it, it has nothing to do yeah. with it but it it's just yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just what you're used to and that's not right but I, I would I would love to hear your thoughts on it because we do it all the time. Yeah. Pause or no homo or whatever like that. Hold on, before we I, get there, go ahead. Go, say what you was about to say before we get to yeah. out because we gonna get yeah. to that next. I don't think it's necessarily. Well, I like to think about it less as like if it's right or wrong, but I'm curious about what it's speaking to the phenomena, right? Mm -hmm. So we live in a culture where there is a lot of anxiety around male-to-male -male affection and desirability, mm -hmm. right? And we don't know how to understand male-to-male -male affection and male-to-male -male desire outside of sex, mm -hmm. right? So we think it's all, <laughs> so like I give you, I always give this right. example That's of true. my friend Emmanuel, who's from Ghana, straight guy. Mm -hmm. Never forget, we were in college in Wadaw State University. Emmanuel was cool, whatever, we were going to Walmart. <laughs> I can't even tell the story without like busting out laughing. And then at one point he just like, grabs my hand and holds hand. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you lashing my back? We're going to get you know, killed and shot up in here. But where he came from, holding hand was not a marker of being gay. Mm -hmm. There was still homophobia, but, hold, but men holding hands and dancing in the clubs, that's something that was very commonplace there. That wasn't what they read as gay. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you know what I mean? So, like, so thinking about that piece is like, he didn't have that fear of that. In our culture, there is this deep fear. We don't understand that, like, you know what, I might want to be close to my frat brother or to another, mm -hmm. like, to, to be hugged, to be supported and validated, and that's not gay. Mm -hmm. and, and, we, and, there's this, and there's this anxiety that I think a lot of black men feel to always constantly prove that you're not gay, yep. right. to prove that you're, because yeah. it's, not, it's, it's not gay, but it's also, like, masculine, that I'm man enough, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so that's where the no homo and the pause comes in. It's like, I want to sh show that I have love for you, Jamil. I want to show that I have love for you, KB, but I, but I don't want you right. to think right. that, that it's that, yeah. because there's a fear that like somehow you have to do that as if the, the, we don't have we don't have a lot of representations I think it's a lot of because of what we have a collective what I call a collective father wound as black folks you know what I mean where we are very deeply afraid of male affection and uncomfortable with it mm -hmm. and so now we're trying to get more of our kids comfortable with it and like you know what I mean but what you said you're not comfortable so do you think in the household with your father if he was loved like showed you so much affection that could that I think that would determine a lot I could show you affection, but I could also be hard. Yes. You know what I mean? And I'm, I think that boundary sometimes leaves a kid like, what the fuck do I do? Because mm -hmm. my dad shows me so much love, but then we outside somewhere and he's like, motherfucker, don't do that. But I think the way it can show is that 
I think the, the the invitation is to show our children that regardless of gender, you have a range of emotions. Yeah. That like there's a time to be soft, a time to be hard, a time to cry, a time to be pissed, a time to defend yourself. And I think that we often out of, you know, because I think we got to be honest, like, you know, as black folks, we come out of traumatized communities, generations of folks who've been through so much. So, of course, our dads only know one way because that's what they had to do to survive. They didn't have spaces to be safe. And so therefore they didn't teach us that. So now we're trying to learn it and it is uncomfortable. It's weird. It's like, you want me to cry about this? Like, you know what I mean? We're talking about this. But with male on male affection, it's like you said, as a father, shouldn't you be able to hug your son so he can see that it's okay to hug another man and know this isn't about a I sexual think, thing? I think this the question there isn't, isn't just father to son, mm -hmm. but if... Brother to brother. But, um, but, uh, but like, Dre comes over to the house yeah. and I give him a hug, I think it's, it's important for my son to see that okay. as opposed to just like... What's up? Yeah, what's mm -hmm. up? Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's okay to be... Uh, so physical affection. And it's so funny too, because I mean, you, you all wouldn't know this, but like in the black gay men's community, affection is, this conversation around affection is still very similar. Uh -huh. Like you have a lot of black men say like, well, you know, we ain't really affectionate in a relationship. We don't do the PDA in touch. We're like, but y'all are too niggling in a relationship. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So, so some, of, some of the anxiety is still present, mm -hmm. even though like these are two gay men. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and they're still the kind of like, oh, we can't be looking like that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It still exists. It's because it's all still not I mean you're accepted but you still know that I'm still not accepted so I yeah, still have that. to play like, it's kind of like playing a role yeah a lot of people feel that way and I think that's what I'm, it's it's the growth we it's us up to us to walk like you said I need to be able to walk in and be like Dre you look good what, what's going on or Jamel mm -hmm. let me get a hug or mm -hmm. something like mm -hmm. that which is weird because like in football they would smack each other on the butt and stuff oh. like that. <laughs> and it's just like, we're little stuff, like we can hug and yeah. do things in the football field, but uh, we left and I did the same thing. That's what pisses me off about the shit because <laughs> you hear about toxic messaging and the worst thing you could be is gay and see all these people on TV talking bad about the shit and then mm -hmm. we're like, hey, <laughs> man, we was in the locker room and y'all motherfuckers did some shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, yeah. like, so don't tell me about, about Even because I know majority of us want to know about you playing sports and shit in college. <laughs> but, right. I mean, even that first time, my freshman year, when it was like, after practice, like, go take a shower. Like, what, nigga? Or even in the dorms. It's yeah. like, mm -hmm. but you know, you have to grow into that person. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, if a motherfucker's looking, that's on him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not bashing him, but mm -hmm. that was scary for me. I'm not going to lie. That mm -hmm. first time. I was like, oh shit, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, but too. it's not so much of <laughs> worrying about what someone. Stay right there though, Cutter, because like that's what I mean about being taught. Why were you so like, oh shit, I'm in a room. You know what I think mean? it's twofold though. It's, it's it's uncomfortable to be naked around people you don't that's know, true. right? But two, there's also that the the added aspect of like, shit, like they might be thinking I'm gay. I don't yeah. want to be gay. And I don't then, want them to, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, and I'm not gonna lie, like. White boys don't give a fuck. They don't. They used to just drop their shit like, nigga, let's shit. go. And then it's like, damn, well, if he don't give a fuck, yeah. why should I care? Because all I'm doing is going to take a shower. But it was taught. something that we wasn't taught yeah. younger, mm -hmm. like in middle school or in high school. Mm -hmm. Motherfucker, you can take a shower in here. and then it, it, You're worried That's about it. yourself. Yeah. Don't worry about nobody else. Or just it's not, it's not attached to something sexual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is what's crazy is when there's... No, I'm about to steal your shit. <laughs> but like, on, on, can I go to TV? Yeah. It's like on TV, like the whole Burton Ernie shit. Where it's like, oh, they can't be gay and, and living together and everything. But like, y'all show heterosexual relationships all the time. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not that. Mm -hmm. But if it's a 
if it's Bert and Ernie, all of a sudden all now it's, it goes to being sexual. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what Dre's getting at is just that, you know, this is what I've been told this many, many times is that TV is trying to sexualize everything. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give the example the new Buzz Lightyear movie just got trashed. <laughs> this is fucking Buzz Lightyear. So I guess there's a character on there who, who was gay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guess everyone went up in arms. Why are you trying to teach our kids this? And why are you trying to teach our kids that? And we're just like, it's life. It's life. This is what's going on in the world. It or, is a cartoon. Or we're not even trying to teach them. It's just... This is the this story. This is the story, story right? Yeah. Like, why are you making it such a big, like, why do you sexualize it? But I think, like, what Yolo was saying is, like, it always has to come back to sexualization when it's, mm -hmm. when it's anything that's gay or queer. And then it's also, like you said, like, with, in some, in many white communities, that does, anxiety is different or it doesn't exist in the same way. You go to other cultures. Like, I think mm -hmm. about, like, my experience with, like, Dominican men. Dominican men, like, you know, there's a joke that gay men say. They'd be like, is he gay or is he Dominican? And, <laughs> say, and, then, and, and, and that joke, and that joke is because Dominican men are generally very Affectionate, Correct. right? So I have many, I have many Dominican friends in like New York, and they be like, "Yo, as money be like, Yo, they be like, what's up, man? They cool, and they know yeah. you gay. They're not bothered. not bothered, but they haven't been. They had a different kind of socialization around mm -hmm. it than what many African American men have had around like and that piece and those messaging, right? What I see a lot is because I mean we have a lot of lesbian friends, so I get it a lot, like from my kids, like, is that a boy? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's like. Mm -hmm. That change that fucks up their mind because mm -hmm. why isn't she dressed like a girl mm -hmm. even though she's probably with a girl? But why does she want to? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Why do you have to look like that uh -huh. in order to be gay? Mm -hmm. So with that something. right there, I think that's kind of what we're talking about with the teaching piece. Like I think a lot of people freaked out about Buzz Lightyear because they don't want their kid to see that. And so I it. think in a parent's household, when is that a boy? You can be like, no, that's a girl. This is what. Like I, I don't know how to say it to a kid, but that could be a a starting point. Yeah. Say, hey, this is what's yeah. go ask or <laughs> something. I don't know. But to, to your point, I think yeah, it yeah. it's an uncomfortable conversation for the parents. Yeah. Right. Yes. right? So yes. it's just like, yes. oh, don't teach my kid this because now I got to have the conversation. Yes. And I'm not ready to have that mm -hmm. conversation. Because yeah. the kids aren't bothered. The kids aren't bothered okay. by it. you. Talk okay. to a lot of these young, even like some of the middle school kids that were. I'm like, y'all know more than I know. Like you know, they be yeah. like they're yeah. very, they just understand. Okay, the, oh she's she's a girl, mm -hmm. but she likes to dress like this. Oh, I like to dress like that too mm -hmm. with a fitted cap and mm -hmm. stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. they get it. But we're uncomfortable because we're just like, oh my god. Like, what are we going to say? How are we going to do it? Are we going to say the right thing? Because we didn't grow up in that generation where that where those conversations were, like, surfaced in the same and, way. Right. And I'm, I'm going to go back to just the lesbians because I coach girls basketball. So, okay. And I'm at a point now where it's like, damn, all y'all do is hug each other. And you know what I mean? And I know how the world is set up now. It's fine for little girls to be like that. Now, if I was coaching a basketball, boys basketball, mm -hmm. seeing them, Hemped up, you know, so much it'd be like, what the fuck? But I don't. Mm -hmm. I, I say it to myself all the time. Like, do I need to start ha me as a parent going back to what you? I mean, as a coach, being like, I'm always, I'm seeing this, not the parents. Mm -hmm. So how do how do I react? And do I say something to them? Like, I'm not tripping y'all like that. But do y'all know, you know, the aspects of being hugged up all the time like that? Mm -hmm. Do you guys really think? Do you guys like each other? Or y'all just being friends? And I had a parent tell me like. They're just kids. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is they're going to middle school now. So usually, usually they're just di around just all girls. Mm -hmm. Now they're about to be around a whole lot of more boys. Mm -hmm. They're older, even with the boys. Mm -hmm. They're about to, I told my little cousin, like, dude, you're about to be around a whole bunch of girls, not just boys. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to open up to 
besides opening up to boys because now you're comfortable opening up to your friends mm -hmm. but now you're not yeah. so much mm -hmm. opening up to, to a, a girl i want to ask so while you're on that girls growing up and seeing boys lebrons the jordans and things like that and they start to act well i'm supposed to be like that in order to be good so i think that goes back to like what yeah, they see on I tv did, yeah. and like i think that's why a lot of parents are like i don't want my daughter doing this because i don't want her to start going this route mm -hmm. or i don't want my boy mm -hmm. doing this because they don't want to go this route it's just like too many commercials and tv mm -hmm. shows and players kissing each other mm -hmm. and stuff like that mm -hmm. and like it's the, I personally think it's crazy that a girl can get put in that category because she plays basketball. Mm -hmm. Because I personally think some of the finest women are in the WNBA. <laughs> and I done seen a few of them, and I'm just like, God damn, she's fine. But then she takes her jersey off and puts on a dress, and it's like a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. And then I start asking myself, I'm like, why am I looking at her differently? Mm -hmm. You know, with that jersey on, she's still attractive. But when she took that jersey off, it became a whole different thing. But what you about to say? Yeah, um, I think that when you, thinking back to the pieces we we're talking about about young people, young people are like we were at some point, mm -hmm. exploring who they are mm -hmm. and figuring out who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I think that there's another dimension of it here is that we have to interrogate, like you know, people who have children. I don't have any children. I have like you know nephews and nieces. But I know that as parents, sometimes parents can be like, I have a vision for my child of what I want them to be. Mm -hmm. And any parent will tell you mm -hmm. that at some point in your journey, you have to recognize this is a, this is a person whose journey is not about you, but Correct. it's about what they want to be and the struggle with that. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can be very clear that my parents had no clue of the direction I went mm -hmm. and maybe and maybe they had a different vision for me. Mm -hmm. But a part of, I think, of parenting, of, of nurturing a child is accepting that their life is their own. And how do I support them in making choices that are uh, protecting themselves, being well for themselves, whatever they show up in, how, however they show up in their sexuality and their gender? You know, and, and centering that as opposed to like, this is where I want you to be and who I want you to be more of like, I want you to be ethical. I want you to be responsible. Yeah. I want you to be uh, careful and protect yourself, yeah. you know, as opposed to I need you to be a masculine man or a certain kind of woman or have kids by the time you're this. You know what I mean? Because those things, children, as you all know, children are literally born to parents to defy those things. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. to show you that like, I'm going to be some, I'm going to be who I am, you know? So I question for me is growing up the way that you grew up what representation or lack of representation did you see in the media right because KP was talking about that like you see uh, uh, girls will see uh, basketball players on TV but they only see LeBron they barely see anybody in the WNBA uh, growing up young, black, non-binary, non what representation did you or did you not see in the media? Yeah. When I was young, I was just gay. It wasn't even like none of that like, dry, like, you know, it was like this is gay ass nigga. Like, you know what I mean? That's what it was, right? So that's thing too, right? Okay, Damon that. Nigga's real. Right, like, you know what I mean? Um, but growing up, there was no, there was nothing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's one thing that's always fascinating to me. People be like, you know, there's so much on TV. Now people be like, like, I've been watching straight shit for 40 years, niggas. <laughs> like, I mean, like, it has <laughs> not. <laughs> like, I did not grow up watching gay niggas on TV. Like, that was not a thing in 1981. Like, you know what I mean? So the idea that, like, you know, watching something will trigger that in you or activate that if it doesn't exist within you 
it's kind of absurd, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's, it's a lot of fear. It's just a lot of fear of control. Like, I want to control the narrative. But no, I didn't grow up. I, the, the images I had, you gotta think about it. The images I saw growing up and the things that I heard, even from my father, my father was a military man. Mm -hmm. You know, 40 years in the military, retired to work for the military some more. That nigga was like, <laughs> I'm in it. You know what I mean? Like, this was not like, and you know, the, what I saw from him and his friends and what I saw, the little bit of, I think the first kind of images I saw of gay people was, um. Do you remember Living, not Living Single, um, Living Color? Mm -hmm. And they had those two guys, Yes Ma'am, or whatever that was. Hated that was, yeah, exactly. I hated it, hated it, right? I had those, right, exactly. Those are kind of the only images I saw, and I knew from my dad's reactions, from other people's reactions, that that was disgusting. And so for me, a long time, I was very, um, you know, I was like, I don't want to be something that people hate so much. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that. And so it was very confusing for me. Not because there was no there was no media, there was no LGBT alliance at the school. That wasn't everything, homie. Like none of that was happening. And so for a lot of folks of our generation, we struggled. You but know what I mean? Even then, like you said, on uh in living color, it was a caricature. Right, it was caricature. It was uh, it was meant to be derogatory in a right, certain right, way, right? right? It was to let you know, like, look at these faggots. Like, you know, what I mean, it's make it make it feel bad or pick pick uh, poke fun at them, mm -hmm. and that's what we were trained. Everybody was supposed to do, and so like, then you're thinking, like, wait, I might be attracted to guys. Does that mean I'm that? Do you have to, look you know, like, I have to look yeah, like yeah. that. And 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 even if I don't look like that, people are gonna say that I'm that. I'm still undesired as that, mm -hmm. which is really hard for a lot of queer children. Like, you know, I think for myself, to be honest, like, you know. There is a unique kind of like loneliness and depression that I think queer and gay children go through when you know that like your parents don't want you to be who you are. Mm -hmm. Or when you know that you're like, when you know that like your community and school doesn't want you to be who you are, when people actually hate what you are. And like, and, and you're still trying to figure out, man, science and math and like, you know, hormones yeah. and what's going on. And, yet, and yet you're getting this message every single day mm -hmm. From the world around you, and that's and there's a lot of kids still getting that. You know what I mean? So, question to you on that. So, when you when you grow up around that and, and you have these feelings, I'm sure as a, as a parent, hopefully they didn't know that's what they were doing or the effect they was having, right? Mm -hmm. So, as a parent, you want to you want to at least guide your guide your kid and have them just be the best version mm -hmm. of themselves that mm -hmm. they can be. So, it's kind of things kind of tough. One identifying if your child is struggling with that. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, like this is who I am. And I remember as a kid, just growing up, like I don't, I don't know who I'm. I'm figuring it out. You figure it out. So it's kind of tough as a parent to kind of guide them, like, yo, you figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what tools to give you to even. Yes, help you yes, 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 yes. Even yes, in the yes. LGBT, it's not my community. Mm -hmm. Is I think <laughs> like it's, those are communities within communities, right? right. So like it's not just oh he's LGBT, so it's just it's a broad, all yeah. the right. thing yeah. broad brush. Those are communities within communities. Right. And they have different challenges. <laughs> you can't different different like, like, everybody in that. Oh, you might be gay? Here, go talk right. to this trans <laughs> nigga. Right, right, like, you know what I mean? Like, that don't work. But that's, like, that's, that's, how, that's, how do I navigate yeah, that? How, yeah, do I, yeah. how do I find that? What age is that appropriate to, well, to introduce them to stuff like that? So I think that like the piece I like to encourage people to think about is that like you won't have all the answers, right? Like, you know, as parents, never have all the answers, right? It's always conclusion. And it's more about like, how do I support my child First of all, two things. Understand that sexuality is a journey. I think we tend to think about sexuality ends at a certain age and we just know who we are. Mm -hmm. But there are people who might be 45 and be like, mm, maybe I'm bisexual or maybe I'm straight. Like, you know, what I mean, or maybe I'm whatever, right? It's a journey for some people. Some people are very clear in some point of the journey and some people experiment and try new things and come to a different place. Mm -hmm. It's very different. So I think it's important to know that. So, of course, I don't expect always a 13 year old to know exactly everything about their journey. They get to like figure things out and explore. I think the piece for me as a nurturer of children is to be like, okay, how do I support you in being safe? Mm 
mm. and taking care of yourself, how do I protect you and whatever you do. I might not have all the answers about who you are because you don't know yet. You're still a child and I also want to support you as much as possible in like, you know, um, any decisions that you make that might like nothing might harm you, right? Like, you know what I mean? I think thinking about it from that perspective as opposed to like, you gotta have the answers, you gotta be finite, cause they don't know. Like, you know, I'm thinking about our own lives, high school, college, you have so many things you might, I'm started off thinking I was gonna be a basket weaving major. You don't know what you're gonna be like, it's all kind of stuff, right? You change it up. And so I think this honoring that and being able to be just saying like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm listening. I may not understand. I may not get it right, but I'm here and I'm listening. I'm struggling with it because I think that my, you know, I know for me, my, my parents were, my parents. I think it's one thing I wanted to say that what you said earlier, and I love that you said that. He's like, you want to protect your kids. I want to be very clear. When my parents were not happy about me being gay, they thought they were protecting me, mm-hmm. right? Because they're trying to protect me because it's like you don't want to have him something else on them. So like that's their idea of protection from what they knew, right? Now they look back and they can be like, okay, that wasn't the route. We wish we would have did it differently. But that was all they knew. And sometimes it's about, we just use the tools that we have. And so much of like, so why our organizations work is about giving us more tools so that we can be like, okay, I don't like this that much, but I love you. I got to figure it out. I'm trying to, I'm working with, I'm struggling. You know what I mean? But I still want you to be able to come here for dinner. I still want you to know you're my son, you're my daughter. But yeah, it's hard for me. And that's the, and sometimes that's the reality we need to know that dad and mom is still there, even if they struggling with the fact that I might be wearing nine inch heels or I might be in a jersey. Nice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that they're still present because that's the part that's important. I think, right. and her final thoughts. You can go first. I was going to say, you're going to break it all down. My, so. my, my, my last final thought on that was just like, all together. Give me, right, right. The, <laughs> all together. The, my biggest thing is uh, Dwayne Wade in that whole situation oh, yeah. where mm-hmm. his, his uh, child decided they were trans or they, they were going to be called she as opposed to he uh-huh. and he was super supportive of it and a lot of black males in our community are just like oh D. Wade is gay now he's gay because he's you know, doing all this other stuff but he's uh-huh. just being there for his child regardless of however they identify and for me that was very I don't want to say pivotal but very important to me to learn to be like you know what I don't care and I hate saying I don't care but it doesn't matter how my child identifies, they're still my child and I'm gonna respect that and take care of them. I and that's my biggest thing. If there's something to take away from tonight, is to make sure you just love your kid, man. I wanna go to what you said about that situation because when I first heard it with the Dwayne Wade situation, I was like, damn. But then I'm thinking if it was a normal person without any type of money, mm-hmm. he would have to deal with more than Dwayne Wade. Mm. Dwayne Wade got money, I don't give a fuck. Right. And that's kind of how I took it at first, mm-hmm. but then like realizing how, when, like if you heard him speak about the child, you're like, oh, well he really accepts it. Yeah. And that's the point, like you said, love your kid, but accepting who, they're, who they are. But like when we spoke about college and are we making our kids go to college, like we're setting that expectation that you have to go to school. Mm-hmm. We're setting an expectation where you have to be straight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No problem or no matter what, but when does it come to a point where you have to change that and that's where it goes. Like, the change needs to start and it's hard because, like we all said, we're not used to that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm agreeing with you, just love on your kids no matter what you know, they want to go through because that's going to be their life in the long run. As long mm-hmm. as you support them, I think you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dre. Uh, first, man, appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Uh, a couple things. Uh, one, on the masculinity thing is, I really loved how you broke down what masculinity is. 
I think it takes a lot of work, ongoing work to just be, be a well-rounded human being and realize there are many things and factors that make a human being right. who they are. Again, we're in a world of gray and a world of nuance. What you think is one, uh, something should be some way. That's not how the world works. Mm -hmm. uh, the other is, when it comes to kids, uh, don't have kids if you don't want to do the damn work. Because hmm. I can have the tool, but if I don't use the damn tool, then what's the point of having mm -hmm. it? Right? So it is a, I'm blessed to have my kids because they have made me be more open mm -hmm. um, to, new, to new ideas and new thoughts, and it's made me a better human being. Right. Cool. Mm -hmm. Final word, man. What you got? Yeah. I want to touch on the piece we shared about Gab Gabrielle and um, Dwayne Wade's child. And um, because I read a lot of Gabrielle Union's books, and she and I want to name that like you know she talks about when we know um, when um, what can I remember her name? Uh, Zaria. Z Z Zaria. Zaria. I think Zaria. Zaria. Yeah. yeah. Something. Well, when she first um, you know, kind of shared it with them, they struck. They were like, whoa. They so it, it wasn't immediate, right? Like you know, we see the immediate like because they they were clear that they need to get to that point, right. but they still had to be like. Okay, this is how do we figure this out? So like dishonoring that there's still a process, you know right. what I mean? And it's beautiful that he stood by his daughter. And he's very clear about that, you know. And just naming that piece, I just um, I think closing thoughts is we have the opportunity to heal, to transform patterns, to expand the range of what it means to be a masculine and black man. We have the opportunity to show fathers, grandfathers, uncles, kids that like that being your range. Because racism told us, because I want to understand that like black masculinity was formed by racism. Mm -hmm. Okay? White people were like niggas only or angry and horny. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the acceptable because they're brutes and they're a subhuman. That's literally white supremacy that taught us this. Right. At some point, we started to internalize it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now we're like, you're right, only real niggas <laughs> don't cry. Yeah. Right, right, when they right. were like, they, they had to create that myth and that story to make us the brutes that were, they, 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 to justify enslaving us. And so a part of us reclaiming our humanity as black men and masculine folks is really about saying, no, nigga, I'm more than this. Correct. I'm a full fucking range of a person. And I'm going to make that space, that range for my child, for myself. That's gonna, I'm going to struggle with it because anything that you cut off for a long time, you, for coming back, it's going to hurt. Correct. But that work is healing. That work is like anti-racism. And that work is helping making a new way for all of our, our kids and ourselves. Nice work. Put in the work. Shit, I don't know how to follow that at all. Just heal yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Just say, what? I appreciate y'all. <laughs> so on our sign out, what we usually say is we watch when we in this together. But I think today that together word is huge. Mm -hmm. We have to do this shit together. There's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of shit that's being said to steer us in any kind of direction that they want us to be going. But like you said, it's about growth. It's about us teaching and learning and education and being able to accept. Shit might not go the way I planned it, but like Drake said, there's tools that you gotta use to teach your kid, to be there for your kid, you know, the understanding and things like that. Um, my man, we got programs and stuff that you can go talk to somebody. If you can't talk to a teacher, a coach, a family member, a, a, a friend, you know, there there's things out there that we can do to steer you in the right direction so we can have a bunch of positivity. But, Go ahead. Real quick, if we wanted to get those resources, how do we get there? Check out our website. Um, it's Beam, as like a light beam, beam.community. It is not a .com. It's a .community because that's mm -hmm. what we're trying to build. Mm -hmm. You go to the website. You can find 
tools and resources and videos you can download. We have groups. We have a group called Black Masculinity Reimagined. It's full of nothing but brothers and masculine women, other folks who are trying to figure out how to do it differently. Mm -hmm. And so I recommend people check it out. We workshops, training, conversations. We got like a Twitter space coming up, you know, Twitter audio. And it's by it's all about supporting black men and boys with grief and loss. And it's led by this great guy, Dr. Dr. Alan Lipscomb and um, Dr. Nicole, um, Patrice Nicole. So check it out. The spaces we're making for us to kind of heal. And there it is. Once again, we all washed. We are in this together. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer.